Welcome to Working From The Inside Out with Finesse Equestrian and your host, Ali O'Brien. Join us as we unpack the equestrian dream, talking to incredible riders, equine experts, and a few of our own tips too. Hi everyone, welcome to Working From The Inside Out. And this week's episode of the Start Your Own Horse series is on groundwork and building a common language. So, this is the exciting part. In the past two episodes, we've been talking about the theory behind working with horses. So, kind of the psychology end of it all how your horse thinks and learns, body language, and basically how to read them and how we can work with them. Then we chatted about partnership and building connection, quality time, chill time, whatever you like to call it, and the love languages. So that's where, obviously, we're building our relationship. And not forgetting about that as we move through into starting our horses. Because often when we go to start our horse, we become focused on the skills and the doing. And we forget about that connection. So now we get to play with the skills and the doing and building that common language. So to do that, I love to begin with just asking a few simple questions. And they may seem like simple questions to us, but for some horses they might be really big questions. So that's why we only have a few things that we start off with. And that is our go button, our stop button, our changes of direction, so at this stage, just a simple change of direction and possibly an advanced change of direction, and our half hold. So, they're probably slightly self-explanatory, but there's a little bit of an art to, to doing it nicely as well. So, with our go button and our stop, so we kind of send out onto the circle to have them go. And I love to do this really nice and slowly. It's not about rushing them out onto the circle and getting them reactive to our cues. What I'm looking for is relaxation and rhythm. So if you think of this as kind of like a yoga or Tai Chi styled warm up, where everything is flowing and natural and it's all about getting the horse and ourselves in a really lovely, relaxed, rhythmical mindset and way of going in our bodies. Because from there we can go on to train. We all know that if we try to train our horses or ourselves with tension in our bodies, then all we do is we create poor habits um, and build the wrong muscles. So um, sending our horses out onto the circle, asking them to rock back onto their haunches and then step their shoulders out onto the track. 
Um, and in doing this, we're creating really good habits as well for um, for later on. So they're learning to uh, engage from behind to lift their shoulders in the thoracic sling and really open up through those shoulders to move on forward. Then in our stops, instead of pulling the head and kind of going down towards the hip, we're thinking about an upwards motion. So lifting the hand up towards the withers and letting the hindquarters just gently wrap on around and having them come to a stop facing us. Now, uh, quite a few years ago now, I came about this way of asking for the stop because I was noticing that the way I had been doing it was causing the horses to plant on their inside shoulder, on their inside leg, and then kind of flick their hind legs around. So that was sort of going against everything else that I was wanting. So I, I like to begin with the end in mind. I like the horses to stop from behind, to engage their hindquarters, to engage the core, to lift the shoulders, and then come to a stop. So simply by just adjusting my hand up towards the wither, so a lifting hand rather than a downwards hand, then it just put a really lovely bend all the way through the body so that they could wrap around the what would be our inside leg later on to come to a halt. So that's our go and our stop button. Then we have changes of direction. So we know that through doing lateral movements, we can kind of um, begin to manipulate in a way although I don't want that to have a negative connotation attached to it, um, but we can begin to influence, I should say, um, relaxation. So when we do the changes of direction, we can really help the horse to relax, to become soft and supple through its mind and body. So our first uh, change of direction is a simple change of direction where we're simply just asking the shoulders to step on across and to go back the other way. So if you think about just blocking the forward movement in one direction and bringing the shoulders up and over and towards us and back out into the other direction, really looking for the horse to be opening up through its shoulders, not popping on across. We want them to open up through their shoulders and step out and onto the track in a new direction. So another really lovely way of helping the, the horse to find strength both physically and mentally and suppleness. Um, and then we can move through into the more advanced change of direction where we're asking for the hindquarters to step up and under. Um, and again, looking at the quality of that, how the horse does it. And of course, in the beginning, it might be messy and all over the place, but all we're looking for is 1% better and then finishing on that note. So asking for the hindquarters to step up and under, almost like you're um, the same way as asking for the halt, except we're going to be carrying on, so a little bit of energy in it. So setting our intention to ask those hindquarters to keep on stepping up and under until you get a really nice fluid step. And as soon as you get that, changing your rope and your hand over and bringing the shoulders on through out into the new direction. 
Again, just like the simple change, looking for that nice fluidity of the shoulders stepping on across. So that's our go, our stop, our simple change, advanced change. And then another exercise I really love to incorporate into this um, conversation and building our common language is the half hold. So a little like the rhythm half hold, half hold it's literally half of our groundwork hold. But in a physical form, it looks more like a shoulders in on a circle. So asking with our hand coming up towards the wither, looking for that inside hind leg to step up and underneath the body, the shoulders to come into the inside of the track. And, um, and then as soon as we get one really nice step up and under, then letting the horse go forward. And of course, just beginning wherever we can. Whatever the horse can give us, we're going to reward them. And so remembering about your love languages as well. Maybe that's where you incorporate some clicker training. Maybe that's where you stop and give them a really big scratch or just some space. Or maybe you go and you get moving out. You go around some obstacles and go on some straight lines so that we're not drilling on our horses. Radio. So I've got my little paper here so that I can kind of keep myself on track because I like to go on tangents all over the place and then I get sad because I've missed out what I wanted to talk about. So we've got go, stop, change directions and our half holds. So of course using creativity in that as well. Um, like we talked about before, if your horse works best in straight lines, do it mostly in straight lines and going places. Create, create an adventure and a journey for your horse to give them purpose to what they're doing. Maybe that's going up the road. Maybe that's going around the arena. Maybe that is going through the paddock. Whatever is going to work for your horse. Maybe it's incorporating that clicker training or for some horses, um, they need motivation and, and to have a purpose. So setting out target points can be really good to help them be motivated and click on to a job that they're doing or a game. So yeah, use of creativity and, and our love language. So now that we're beginning to get a little bit of a common language going on, we can then begin to add in the acceptance work. So, what is acceptance work? <laughs> so this is the stage where in the past I would have called it something like desensitizing. And I've moved away from the word desensitizing because I didn't want to have any confusion about what it was that we were looking for. So how does our acceptance work differ from the standard desensitizing? What I used to do was I wanted to see the horse be able to stand still and have stimulus on them, around them, noise, flags, tarpaulins, whips, whatever it was. And I wanted to see that they could cope with it, that they were going to be okay and be quiet and unflappable. 
But then I learned through watching a friend that that may not be the best way to go about it. So she was starting her own horse and she'd done a really lovely job of desensitizing this horse and she'd got to the point where she could have a tarpaulin on her and she had the saddle on her and she was sitting on her and she'd been sitting on her every day for a week or so. Um, it was about a week. Um, and so they thought she looks pretty quiet so let's ask her to move forward. So her mum asked the horse to take a step forward while she was sitting up on top and this was the first time that she had experienced movement while there was stimulus. And she could not cope. She all of a sudden went into the survival brain because she didn't know what to do with the stimulus of having a rider and a saddle and feeling girth and all of that sort of stuff. And before, what looked like was a quiet horse that was okay with everything was in fact just a shutdown horse. So she took off bolting and bucking and thankfully my friend was okay. But it was a really great lesson that there was a piece missing to the desensitizing and that was the movement. So that was when I began to play around with things and introduce movement into the acceptance of stimulus. And the great thing about it, uh, adding in the movement is it's very easy to see whether the horse is truly accepting of the stimulus or are they shutting down, are they taking flight or are they fighting. So some of the things we might see on a bigger scale would be taking off around us in a circle or completely away. <laughs> um, it might be shutting down and stopping completely or it might even be kicking out or biting or bucking. Those are some of the fight things. So when we're doing the acceptance work, we don't like to push them to the point that they are completely outside of their comfort zone and now operating out of a survival brain. What we want to do is we want to just incrementally increase their ability to accept stimulus. So just increasing that comfort zone gradually, just like we would with ourselves if we were wanting to learn something new or if we were doing something that scared us. So how I go about this is on a circle or, um, or in a straight line, however I find in a circle a lot easier because automatically we're putting some bend through the horse's body, which like we talked about before, it helps to, um, I guess, show the horse that they are able to relax. So using that bend of the circle. So gently approaching them with whatever stimulus you've decided to use, whether that be um, a flag, your hand, a noise, maybe it's a noise that your horse is um, reactive to um, or that's your starting point. Um, maybe it's just your body, your, the, pre the presence of your body is um, scary to the horse. So gently approaching with your stimulus and looking for the point that your horse begins to change, that they begin to go out of that relaxed, rhythmical way of going. And when you find that, just staying there. 
And so maybe your horse has gone to a little bit of the flight side of things. So maybe their, their pace has increased. What we can do is we can lift our hand up like we're doing the half halt, ask for some bend through the body, help them to find the relaxation and rhythm again. And as soon as we find that, release, let them go forward um, and take the stimulus away completely. And then we're just going to keep on building on that until we're at the point that, let's say, um, we were using a flag, we can touch them all over their body, down their legs, up their legs, under their bellies, in their flank, um, everywhere. Uh, and that way we know, sorry, I got a little bit lost in my thoughts there, that way we know that the horse is truly accepting so what would we do if we saw that the horse was going into freeze? So maybe you see very subtly that the, that the leg um, that you have the flag closest to starts to become a little bit heavier in its placement. That's the freeze creeping in. So the horse doesn't have to be going slow or stop to be freezing. Or maybe it's just that you see the eyes go to the outside or the weight slightly shift to the outside. Again, we're going to stay there just at that tipping point, um, the moment you begin to see it. And then I encourage the horse to find movement again. So um, creating a little bit of energy, encouraging the horse to go forward and that they can still move. Because for a lot of horses that have had human influence in the past, um, they may be a little bit shut down just through us um, being unaware of how our body language and what we're doing around our horses can affect our can affect our horses. So, um, <laughs> and I've been there before as well, and probably still do every day. <laughs> um, so, encouraging the horse to move, that they can still move their feet and their body. And as soon as we get that little bit of movement back again, retreating, taking the flag away. And all in this time, remembering to um, keep up with your partnership and your connection. So, um, chill time. Uh, the clicker training, whatever it is that you need to use to keep the connection with your horse. Um, what if you see fight? So, in the past, this is a really interesting one. In the past, if a horse had kind of like, like brought its hip into me or tried running its shoulder into me, I probably would have got really big and, and chased them out away from me because that's disrespectful, that's my space, blah, blah, blah. But then I started to think about it. Why are they doing that? And then I realized it was because of fear. They were, they were in that survival place and trying to protect themselves. Even if it was only very subtly, they were still giving me um, a sign and trying to communicate that, hey, that's starting to feel uncomfortable. So when you begin to see that, um, acknowledging it and instead of you trying to fight fire with fire maybe just getting a little bit gen more gentle and just staying with them there moving your feet in that moment um, until they find that rhythm and relaxation again and begin to balance themselves up of course if they're kicking out at you 
that is good feedback that we've really overstepped the line. So tapering it all the way back so that they don't feel like they need to do something like that. So that is our acceptance work. So what have we covered? We've covered the groundwork and skills. So our basic conversation that we can begin to build so that we can uh, start getting some skills in there that we're going to need as we develop our horses. So we're developing that mental strength, which is the most important, then our physical strength. And from that, it's kind of like a platform. There are stepping stones so that one day they're going to become something pretty impressive. So thinking about that hindquarter yield, one day that's going to be your leg on there to ask for a leg yield or yielding your horse over so that you can shut the gate and just simple things like that. It might be your safety as well. Um, all really important parts of all of the bits and pieces that as we progress it's going to come together into a very cool package. So don't think when you see these little things in the very beginning that, ah, I don't need to do that horsemanship stuff. I'm not a cowboy or <laughs> I'm not into that horsemanship stuff. Just know that these are really, really powerful tools in creating a conversation that are going to become stepping stones so that when we begin to ride and get out and about, you will be able to use those for what you want to do ultimately. Right, now let's have a look and see what questions we have this week. Okie dokie, so one question we had come through was what should be established before uh, moving on to doing the next thing? So that is a really, really great question and it's a little bit open-ended as well. So the way that I have taken this question is about not drilling on the thing you're working on. So <laughs> I could get really in-depth and talk about all of the different pieces, but we would be here for a very long time. So instead, let's talk about the 1% rule. So if we think about our groundwork as there's the very, very basic first day, so I like to think of it in dressage terms, kind of like day one is equivalent to you doing a level zero non-graded dressage test. Then by the time you go to get on your horse, your horse will do, be doing the upper levels of dressage. Um, or groundwork. <laughs> so maybe, probably not quite Grand Prix level, but they'll be somewhere up there that in their groundwork you're feeling pretty confident that they're relaxed, they're in rhythm, they are focused and present, that they're responsive, they know the answers to your questions. That's a really important piece of it. Because if we haven't taught our horses the answers to the questions, then that's when they get frustrated or scared and worried, and that's where things can unravel. So how do we know to move on to the next thing? Um, coming back around to our question. When you have it 1% better, move on to something else. 
And that doesn't mean you're going to leave it behind completely, but that might be just in that moment, it might be for that day, and then the next time you come back to working, or the next time you come back to working with your horse, you might have another play with that exercise. Can I get it 1% better? And that definitely doesn't mean 1% better to yesterday. It means 1% better to where we started off in that moment. Can I get it just that little bit better? Can I help my horse to feel more relaxed, more and more rhythmical, more focused, more fluid and supple and strong through its body and its mind? And then we're going to finish there and move on to the next thing. I think uh, I've seen and I know I've done it uh, myself earlier on um, when I was learning was I would stay for too long on one exercise trying to perfect it and it's easy to do that when we're learning something new for ourselves thinking that we have to drill it into our horses as well when we're kind of more just doing it for ourselves and also perhaps a little bit of fear from ourselves um, and not knowing um, if we can move on to the next exercise without having that first part perfect. So I am here to tell you, you do not have to have it perfect before you move on to something else. Otherwise, it's very easy to end up with a horse that has been drilled on and can become sour and grumpy and not into wanting to work with you. Um, the next question we had was about going forward, how to establish this on the ground and then transferring it into the saddle. So that is a really awesome question and I thought I may chat about it each time we do a podcast up until the point that we're up in the saddle. But we have begun working on it in these very first sessions and just creating that go button. So even though it may not feel like you are working on the go button that you will use when you're up in the saddle, in fact you are. So what do we do when we are asking for that go? We are setting our intention. We're lifting our energy. Then we are applying a verbal cue or a visual cue or both. Um, you're probably pointing out in front of you. You may have your flag a little bit. You may cluck to your horse or you may say the word walk. Whatever it is that you're using, it's about being consistent in it. Um, but your horse will begin to learn that, that, um, that cue. So that when it comes time to being up in the saddle, they will understand it. So I have a really old video clip on, um, I don't know if it's on this YouTube channel or if it's on an older one, um, but I was starting a really lovely little mare I had, Mary Lou, and it was her first ever rides, and I did it completely tactless, so bareback and bridleless. And we had go, we had stop, we had turn. And that is because I had been consistent with it on the ground so that when I hopped up onto her back, she was like, ah, I remember this. We did this on the ground. So I hope that helps you. And next up, I am looking forward to having a chat with one of our past Start Your Own Horse 
course people. <laughs> So today I have with me Morgan, who I had the pleasure of doing the Start Your Own Horse course with, with her young horse Minx, and um, Morgan got her right through to the riding stages, and then she's been turned out for a little while now, I believe, um, while she's been having babies and that sort of thing, but um I'd love to hear about how you got on with the groundwork and how you saw that go through into the written work and how it's, I guess, benefited everything else that you've done with her. Um, so with the groundwork, I found it that it just was really natural and it, the way that you taught through the um, course, it actually showed us how to just do it with following the horse's actual natural rhythms. And like she just responded really well and it just went straight through the riding, like just being able to bend her head around or just moving her hindquarters. It made those first few riding stages really simple movements. It didn't mean we had to go and do big riding things. Um, and then from now, because she's been turned out, she only gets to be brought in for certain things like getting the farrier out or moving her or um, getting a vet out or anything like that. And those uh, simple groundwork exercises that we can do at any time and she picks them up straight away. Yeah, that's awesome. And you were just saying um, before we jumped on the podcast that she seems like she's had like a bit of an injury at the moment and you had to do some um, movements with her for the physio. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because the physio generally wants to see them walk, trot, canter and at a circle or in a straight line or go backwards. Like they want to see different things, not just a horse doing a walk down this like in a straight line they want to see how they move in a circle how they move at different paces and the groundwork foundations just simply led straight into being able to do that yeah that's awesome and you said that um it kind of all just came back to her straight away sort of thing yeah like as soon as I lift the rope in a particular way she knows exactly what I'm asking of her she might not necessarily want to do it but <laughs> she knows exactly what she's needing to do and will follow on yeah that's beautiful and so it kind of um I guess like not only it hits lots of elements doesn't it like the the relaxation uh, side of things and safety yeah. and then also carrying on through into our um our written work and more advanced work later on yeah I mean the safety key was definitely a huge thing for me and being able to put those groundwork exercises into place when I was riding made me feel so much safer. Mm. Like knowing just lifting that rein into her, like, I mean, out to the side, she was going to straight away be to a stop because we'd done that on the ground. Yeah, that's awesome. Well done. How cool. And so what are your plans with her, hopefully, if she's all sound, uh, what are your plans going forward? would be to get back on her and um, I just actually want to follow everything that I learnt through the start your own horse and start from scratch although I know that because those foundations are there there'll be some things that we can skip through pretty quickly 
but then there'll be other things that I can fine tune because even when you go back to those simple groundwork things, you still seem to notice things you're doing differently or could be improved on and yeah. Yeah, that's right. I really enjoy um, when I've had a horse that I've turned out for a while and then when I come to bring it back in again, going over those foundations and like you say, you can skip through some things and then other things it's like oh you've learned a whole heap more since then or you can you've got eyes to see things that you didn't see previous like when you first learned those exercises sort of thing so yeah it's it's definitely like going in with fresh eyes and I find that like the horse is a little bit sensitive to it because they're trying to think about oh how did we do that whereas before like we were doing it over and over again whereas it's kind of like oh, I've actually got to remember this. I need to think about what she's asking me and mm. how I'm meant to respond to that. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, she just seems to be a little bit more like aware of what I'm asking and what I'm doing, whereas when we were doing it like every second day before, she'd like almost get a little bit dull and a little bit like, Mm-hmm. Are you asking me that again? <laughs> yes. And I guess that's a such a good lesson, isn't it, for um, that type of horse, that stereotype, um, that can yeah. get a little bit annoyed with repetition. Um, yeah. A, a good lesson in maybe we don't have to do things so much. Maybe we can just do a tiny little bit and then move on to the next thing or find ways of keeping things interesting. Yeah, even just using that same exercise but in a different way, like on a slope or um, like we've had to play around with things because we don't have a flat area where they're grazing at the moment. So I have to ask her to move over to go up a different part of the hill or different things like that which it all comes into play yeah and not to mention being great for her uh for her strength as well yeah yeah and like being able to change her pace because they naturally just want to run down the hill or they naturally just want to go fast up the hill to get up there quicker and make it easier on them like make have a bit more control in their um pace and things like that what you're actually asking them Yeah, that's cool. What would you say your favourite exercise was that you found to be the most, have the most impact? Um, Probably, oh my gosh, now I'm going to have a mind blank of what it's actually called, but when you (laughs) turn them into you, so like put their hindquarters away from you and turn them so they're back facing you. Uh Uh-huh, yep, so just bringing them to a stop? Yep. Yep. Definitely the most thing that's been like it helps me move through gates it helps me stop if I'm trying to ride her it can get her out of the way if there's other horses in the way it's just and it just centers her straight away Uh, it just brings her back to me yeah cool how awesome it's so funny isn't it because I think um it's quite interesting to ask different people what their favourite exercise is, and I suppose that's different for each horse as well. Um, yeah. I, I One of my favourites is the half halt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I was a big learning thing, learning that and knowing how to, like, because I don't have necessarily that dressage sort of background or knowing what a half halt was, um, it was really interesting putting it into practice on the ground how you taught it and like it was really valuable 
Mm, that's fantastic. Well, cool. Thank you so much for jumping on with me this morning, Morgan. And I'm looking That's forward okay. to seeing um, how things progress when you have the time to be able to get back in the saddle again. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> This podcast was proudly brought to you by Finesse Equestrian. For free videos and articles, head on over to finesseequestrian.com. You can also find me on Facebook or YouTube under Finesse Equestrian Training or on Instagram under Ali A. O'Brien. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you are the first to listen in, to screenshot and share on social media and rate and leave us a review so you can do your part in helping us to reach more horses and people.